On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, details on the Model 3's warranty are revealed. The federal electric vehicle tax credit is safe. Elon Musk teases some big new software updates coming soon. Tesla owners remain extremely happy with their vehicles and more. Happy holidays, friends. I am Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 125 for Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2017. I am flanked, as usual, by Daisy the Boxer Puppy. Uh, I was about to say Maggie the Boxer, which I've caught myself doing a number of times here and there, but a a midday sleeping Daisy the Boxer here. Uh, it's very rare that there's daylight outside when I record the podcast. Usually it's pretty late at night, but uh, we've got some uh, holiday preparations going on, got some family in town, so I'm sort of taking the any little window I can get to try and get the podcast done and recorded. A uh, little bit of a slow news week this week, as expected, but hopefully I've still got enough uh, to cover here that you'll find your time was well spent listening to the podcast, as I always hope that you find your time is well spent listening to this. I'll tell you real quick that TeslaCon last weekend went very, very well. I really want to thank those of you who checked it out. I got a lot of wonderful feedback on that from the folks that did attend. And the full two-day archive is available. If you weren't able to make it or or, uh, whatever reason you weren't there, if you were interested, it is $50 for the full archive. So it's two days worth of, of presentations and content. You can get that at the TeslaCon website, which is teslacon.online. I, uh, I have to say my, my topic, as I had mentioned, uh, I think a week or two ago, was how Tesla succeeded where DeLorean failed, sort of comparing and contrasting what, what are the last two major American startups, uh, automotive startups, and they happen to be the, the only two car companies in the entire world that, I'm, uh, that I, would, I would sort of comfortably call myself something of an expert in. But uh, yeah, the, the talk went well. I was, I was really paranoid. I was really afraid that I would only have about 20 minutes worth of stuff to talk about because I, I made a, a sort of a heavy outline, but I didn't write an actual script out, a speech or anything. So I was like, well, we'll see how this goes. But the hour ended up getting filled. No problem. Uh, had, a, had a great time with it. I want to thank Ben again for inviting me to participate in that. And again, thanks to those of you who, uh, who were there or, and also to those of you who might still check it out uh, if you're interested in that, in that archive. Uh, also, I hope all of you have an absolutely wonderful holiday season as it progresses. Hopefully you're, you uh, have received or are getting some time off to be with your family and friends. Uh, I know my, <laughs> I have enough history now with this podcast to know these holiday weeks are usually some of my uh, lo- lowest, you know, I get the fewest number of downloads because I get it. People are traveling and they're not, they're not sort of in their normal routine. I get it. But um, yeah, I've still, I, 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 it's like I, I have to do this. <laughs> it's like a compulsion at this point. I've got to do the podcast. I just have this paranoid fear that if I, that if I ever take a week off, the listeners will just go away. So I, it's, it, it is something that, that's always in the back of my mind. But, but really, I, I do think the, you know, that 
routine is important. That expectation is important that you, that you can trust that I'm going to be here each and every week, uh, rain or shine, holiday or no holiday. But uh, next week, I will say, we'll see how slow things are next week. I would very much encourage folks to call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline. Next week, we may need to lean into that a little bit. The uh, You can, of course, always... You can always record something on your smartphone and send it to me uh, at the podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or there is the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline number you can just leave a message on, which is 1-888-989-8752. I would especially be curious to hear from any of you out there who may be taking delivery of your Model 3 uh, between this week, between now and, and the next show. Um... I would love to hear your impressions, what you think of it. And if you're comfortable with it, I would also love to hear what you're coming from. Uh, I suppose the first batch of you will all be coming from a Model S or a Model X. X, pardon me. I tried to say S and X at the same time. That didn't really work out so well. Maybe even a couple of Roadster people, too, making the jump for all I know. But would absolutely love to hear from any brand new Model 3 owners out there. Because, again, I've said it before, but... I think it's, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to take every call because eventually it's going to, you know, be hundreds and thousands of you taking your deliveries of your Model 3. But I think for the time being, it's, it, it'll, you know, it's, it's fun, it's, it's happy, it's positive, it's enthusiastic for all of us listening, including me, to share in your happy moment that you've been waiting, you know, what, uh, almost two years for. You know, Mar- March 31st, 2016 was... When all of us put down our reservations, or sometime shortly thereafter, probably for most of you, and and it's it's been a long wait, not as long a wait as you know the, the some of the roadster owners and the S and the X owners had to go through, but you know hey, it's a long time, and and uh, you know I know with the Model Three specifically for a lot of folks, uh, you know obviously not that first wave who are existing Tesla owners, but for a lot of a lot of folks, it's going to be their first Tesla, my, myself included. So anyway. Would love to hear from you on the Ride the Lightning hotline if, in fact, you are one of the the uh, apparently high number of folks taking delivery here in uh, in the coming week or two here prior to the end of the year. Tesla, of course, always has an end of quarter push. In fact, I mean, on this topic, I'll just mention, yes, as I mean, I'm, I'm alluding to it here, but to flat out state it, the first non-employee deliveries have already happened this past week and are... are uh, Scheduled. There are many, many more happening between now and December 31st. So this is just fantastic news. Now, no invites have gone out yet for non-owners. So we haven't quite worked our way all the way down that priority queue yet. I suspect the way things seem to be going that that's probably going to happen in January. Now, if I look, you know, I, I reserved March 31st, camped out overnight. I was the, like, 13th person in line at the Palo Alto store. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm theoretically very high up on the non-employee, non-owner list. And my delivery estimate f- still shows a December to February window should I elect to take a first production vehicle, which, as, as all of you know, I'm not. I'm waiting for a dual motor, but... But, but given that information, I think it seems like Tesla is still very much on track to hit that based on the fact that uh, folks that have, that, are, that have configured and are taking delivery, it's been about a four-week turnaround, sometimes less from configurations to deliveries. So theoretically, Tesla could send out invites to people in my window 
in like the last week of January and still get those cars delivered by the end of February to sort of hit that, you know, to, to stay in that window that Tesla themselves has been giving to people. So if you are a non-owner in California who waited and ordered uh, your, put your reservation down on day one before the reveal of the Model 3 later that night, uh, then that's, a, that's about the time frame that I would be expecting uh, for that, that you know, process to start happening there. With anything sooner than, than that, those configuration invites going out at the end of January being maybe a nice bonus. So that's, that's just me. I'm, I am speculating there, but uh, that seems to be just based on the information that we have available so far. That's what I would, uh, what I would look to. Now, owners, Tesla, existing Tesla owners in other states would probably be in that same window too, I would imagine. Like there, there, there's the, uh, you, you gain the priority based on your ownership status, but, but maybe sort of lose it a little bit based on your geography, your geographical location. But, um, cause it's, it, so I would look out if that is your criteria as well. If you are a non-California Tesla owner, I would, I would suspect that January is when you'll probably see your invitation because uh, it does seem like that all of the folks that are being invited to configure now are California Tesla owners. So that is the update on the Model 3 delivery front. Now, the uh, really the biggest news of the week, as you no doubt saw from the episode title on uh, this particular week, is the Model 3 warranty. Tesla did release the Model 3 warranty information. Now, the basic warranty on the car is four years or 50,000 miles, of course, whichever comes first, and that is identical to the general bumper-to-bumper warranty on the Model S and the Model X. For the battery and drive unit, uh, on the S and the X, it's eight years unlimited miles. On the Model 3, there is a limitation, but it's a fairly high one. If you are purchasing the long-range battery, you get eight years and 120,000 miles, whichever comes first for your battery and drive unit. Now that's an average, you'd have to drive 15,000 miles a year. That's a, that's a pretty good bit of driving. So that seems like a pretty healthy warranty there. It's not quite as good uh, on the standard battery should you be purchasing that Model 3, eight years, 100,000 miles there. So that is, uh, but that's still, I mean, that's that's what? That's 12,000 that's 12, miles a year and a, and a little bit of change. So, which is still very much kind of right in line with, with the American averages for annual mileage. So uh, the other interesting part of this is that the battery is guaranteed to have at least a 70% retention, range retention during that time. Uh, now, 70% of a, of a you know, 310 mile battery, you're basically shaving about 90 miles off. So you'd be, you'd be looking at, uh, at, interestingly, 220, which is the standard range battery, the standard standard batteries range. But uh, the good news there uh, is despite that 70% guarantee, all real world tests and data on Teslas that are that have been made up until now have suggested that your retention level on your battery's range is going to actually be much, much higher than that. Think closer to 90%. Now, the big difference with Model 3, and it remains to be seen whether this is going to affect the retention rate, is, of course, that the Model 3 uses the new 2170 form factor battery cells 
whereas all the Teslas that we have data on so far, uh, you know, ones that have been subjected to high mileage and uh, like in the case of the Roadster's time, those cars are all using the, uh, I, I say old in quotes, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but the the uh, the old 18650 battery cells. So, uh, you know, as far as the warranty goes, it's all fine and expected. There's, I don't think there's anything that's an unpleasant surprise. It's just, it's good to have this public now. Because uh, I will say, Tesla sure waited till the last minute to, to make this warranty information public. They did not publish it until the first, you know, non-employee <laughs> deliveries were happening. But it is good to have that information out there. So now uh, it's something we can all be aware of heading into our Model 3s. Now, no information on whether you can purchase an extended warranty or not. So uh, you'll recall that Elon had tweeted out a while back that that it wouldn't really matter. Uh, that, that was sort of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that was uh, that was something that Elon had said. So we'll see if that's something that's that uh, comes online later. And, and you know, owners who already have their cars are given a chance to sort of ret- not retroactively purchase, but to be kind of grandfathered in and purchase the extended warranty after they already have the car. Uh, we'll see about that. All right. So next up this week, let's let's uh, wind down the year on some good news. A reminder: I will be here next week. There will be a show that publishes on New Year's Eve, December 31st, because that happens to be a Sunday. So the final episode of this show for 2017 will be on the 31st of December, and then the first episode of 2018 will be, of course, uh, the first Sunday, which happens to be January 7th, 2018. But uh, good news to wind down the year as far as specifically the electric vehicle federal tax credit goes we do have good news there. I'm actually going to hand this over. I got a call from Adam in Sonoma who called in about this. So, Adam, t- uh, take it away. Tell us what you got. Hey, Adam in Sonoma. Just wanted to let you know that the president signed the tax bill today, and you probably read uh, the plug-in credit did survive uh, all the full credit. So um, it's a big, big win for folks who want to make a switch and uh, forward plug-in car. Thanks to everyone who listened to made calls to their senators, representatives. Thanks to advocacy, advocacy groups like Plug-in America and automakers who lobbied. And uh, thanks very much for your attention to this issue. Have a good day. Thank you, Adam. It certainly is good news for folks listening to this podcast, including me, by the way, uh, that the federal tax credit for electric vehicles will not, in fact, be going away. I, I have to tell you, I really thought that it wasn't going to survive after it was omitted from the House's original version of the bill, of the tax bill. I thought for sure, well, that's that's not going to survive. But uh, as, as Adam notes, credit to those of you who uh, called your elected officials and who, who made some noise about this because you certainly, you certainly helped. So uh, that is excellent news. A quick note, though, it, it is... It's not officially signed by the president yet, but it it's heading to his desk and it will be signed. So, it, you know, technicality, but uh, just to, just to add that little note. But yes, this this will be happening. So, the federal tax credit will be continuing as far as Tesla is concerned, and I guess suppose the other manufacturers are concerned. It will be continuing. So uh, now it's just a question of when will the two hundred thousandth 
American Tesla be delivered, thus triggering the uh, the phase out. So be keeping a very, very, very close eye on that because that's going to affect a lot of us as well. Uh, stay tuned for more there. Hopefully we'll hear news on that from Tesla in early January. So that, w- that was when they had uh, suggested we might hear more on that front. Next up this week, Tesla is number one for the third year in a row on Consumer Reports' owner satisfaction survey, which of course goes uh, ranks them by manufacturer. They're not by a specific car, but they are by, by brand. Tesla getting an overall score of 90. Porsche, once again, the number two vehicle brand at a score of 85. Hyundai's Genesis sub-brand is new to the chart at number three. They scored an 81. And then uh, rounding out the rest of the top 10, Chrysler, Audi, Mazda, Subaru, Toyota, Honda, and Lincoln. According to Consumer Reports, if you're curious, quote, the owner's satisfaction score, based on whether an owner says he or she would buy the same car again, measures whether a car lives up to expectations. Respondents also rate their cars in six categories, driving experience, comfort, value, styling, audio, and climate systems. Combined with Consumer Reports' ratings, our owner satisfaction survey gives car buyers valuable guidance when they're shopping for a vehicle, end quote. I think it's a little interesting that uh, only three American automakers in the top 10, and obviously Tesla is not only one of them, but ranked number one for the third year in a row. It's going to be interesting to see how the Model 3 affects this, uh, if at all, whether it sort of strengthens Tesla's sp- lock on the number one spot or whether, you know, getting it into so many more people's hands just sort of by math, you'll get more unhappy people, maybe, that, that could be enough to pull it down. But I suspect, obviously, I'm a Tesla super fan doing this show, but I have to think that as the Model 3 does deliver in, in you know, many tens of thousands of units, if not 100,000 plus units in 2018, that, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of people like me taking delivery of the car who they've not had a car before, uh, an, ele- an electric car, or specifically at least a Tesla, and they're going to be super excited and ha- hopefully very happy with the cars. I mean, in fact, I mean, now that I think about it, I would think... Just just if I were to place a bet now that Tesla will maintain that number one spot next year because every single person that takes delivery of a Model 3 in 2018 is someone who reserved the car a pretty, you know, long time ago. Like the, everybody, there, there's so many people on the waiting list, they're not going to clear, like they'll clear a decent chunk of the waiting list, hopefully a, a lot of it, but not all of it, I don't think. This year, so therefore, basically all the Model Threes are going to the enthusiastic early adopters like me and like all of you listening to this podcast. So uh, I would suspect if folks like us were surveyed by uh, Consumer Reports after having our Model Threes, we're probably going to generally be enthusiastic about the car, having waited so long for it. So I would, if I'm a betting man, I would I would p- place a small wager on Tesla maintaining that top spot for a fourth year in a row next year. So we shall see. I'll do this story again in a year's time. Next up this week, Elon Musk tweeting a little bit, finally. He's been kind of quiet on the the Twitter front lately. He says, quote, some cool software updates coming soon, 
And then in, in another tweet later, a major navigation overhaul coming in early 2018. We'll be light years ahead of the current system, but we are testing it rigorously before rolling it out. Now, I have to say here, uh, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm actually at a bit of a loss on this one. I know it's my job as, as somebody who's putting together this podcast to have something to say about this, but I, I am at a loss for what light years ahead of the current system might mean. So do I have any experts in mapping technology in my audience or, or uh, a related field who might be able to hazard an educated guess as to what a navigation overhaul that's, quote, light years ahead of the current system might actually look like. I am very curious. Uh, I mean, would it integrate every single business you could possibly imagine so that you could use the voice command and say, take me to, insert name of obscure neighborhood restaurant here. Like, is that the kind of thing we'd be talking about? Or is it just more efficient routes? I, I want to know what this means and I'm because I'm not entirely sure what it means. So I welcome your guesses. You can call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline. Uh, you can email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. What are, I, I want to know. I'm very curious what smarter people than me think that this might actually be. A couple more stories before we move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. Superchargers are no longer going to allow commercial use. I'm going to let Bob from Austin tell you about this. Bob, you're on the air. Hi, this is Bob from Austin. I have a few thoughts on the new Tesla supercharger fair use policy. The details are on the Tesla website if you search hard enough. First, it's important to remember that this new policy applies only to vehicles purchased after December 15th, so it doesn't apply to any of us who already own a Tesla. Also of note, it applies to any Tesla purchase, whether new or used, whether from Tesla or third party. They simply ask you do not use superchargers to support commercial use of your Tesla, such as taxis, ride sharing like Uber, or delivering goods. A lot of healthy discussion on user groups about this with some great ideas of how Tesla might enforce or modify their policy. My thoughts, this is expected as Tesla owners misuse the supercharger resources. We all know superchargers are for long-distance travel, yet we hear superstar supercharger stations filled with local owners or commercial vehicles, for example, taxi companies. I think it's a reasonable policy, one that anticipates new owners who might abuse the supercharger system. We're all in this together. Unfortunately, a few users have caused this problem, and I support Tesla's reaction. I appreciate Tesla fighting to keep the supercharger program the best charging infrastructure in the world. So when you buy a Tesla, you know you're ready to travel just about anywhere and know you can stop and charge as you go. Merry Christmas to you and your family, to all of your listeners, and to all the people working hard at Tesla on our new Model 3s. I couldn't agree with you more, Bob. It's the old, a few bad apples spoil the bunch saying that's in full effect here. Uh, I mean, this is really only relevant now for those of you who live in higher concentration areas of Tesla ownership. So uh, Bay Area people, Southern California folks, uh, and maybe maybe Norway friends as well. But I think it's good that Tesla is being proactive about this because 
Model 3 is about to ramp way up, and that means that the number of Teslas on the roads all over the country, and soon enough all over the world, is about to multiply. So uh, thankfully, too, uh, existing owners are grandfathered in, or I suppose grandfathered out might be the, the better turn of phrase in this. So this, this is only going to apply to new vehicles, which I 100% agree with. Because you can't penalize folks who've already bought their Teslas under different supercharging terms and conditions. So uh, change to supercharging policy there. And finally, to wrap up the news in this, I suppose, technically pre-holiday week, as I, you know, covering the week before Christmas, uh, UPS, one, one of their quick Tesla Semi update. I know I, again, I seem to every week say that I won't be doing these every week, but every week there's been a substantial enough development. This week, just a quick note, uh, the biggest order record has been broken again. UPS one-upping PepsiCo by ordering 125 Tesla semis. And as Electrek happens to note, reservations for the Tesla semi have only just begun in Europe. They just opened this week. And in fact, they only opened in three territories, Norway, the Netherlands, and the UK. So uh, the future is really looking pretty bright for the Tesla Semi. And as I mentioned last week, this is before they've even hit the road. If these trucks are as good as Elon Musk says they are, and uh, by extension, they end up having a tangible effect on uh, the company, meaning the company that orders the truck, the customer, let's call them the customer. The customers, if, if it has a tangible effect on the customer's bottom line and its carbon footprint, then I think Tesla's gonna sell a whole lot more of these in 2019 and beyond as they actually hit the road and word spreads in the trucking community. I mean, it's that, that will happen, absolutely. All right, that wraps it up for the week of Tesla news. I've got a few Ride the Lightning calls for you uh, lined up right after the short musical break here, so stick with me, and I'll be right back. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your part of the show where you can call in with your questions, comments, discussion topics. You can drop me a line anytime. The toll-free number, call in, leave a message. It's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Alternatively, you can use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record something on there, and email me the file to teslapodcast at gmail.com. Of course, if you are calling in using that Ride the Lightning hotline, I want to thank lifeonrecord.com for providing it. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Joel in Boston, who has feedback on the uh, whole wheels tires in snow thing from uh, a caller last week. Joel, take it away. Hi, Ryan. Uh, this is Joel from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I heard the call about snow tires uh, and wanted to offer a little feedback. Um, as a, <clears throat> I've had some experience with that as well, uh, living up in Vermont and uh, in Montreal for a bit. Um, 
And, and what I did was I pulled some information from Tire Rack on snow tires. And, and so the call last week was about someone who was choosing between, I think, a 19 and 18-inch tires. And uh, Tire Rack had some good information on this. And essentially, uh, they're saying that uh, the, choosing the smaller tires uh, is actually better for snow performance. Now, I agree with you that, you know, shorter profile uh, tires or local profile tires work great for dry pavement um, and better cornering ability and whatnot, but not for snow performance. Um, so uh, from Tire Rack, unfortunately, wide, low-profile tires uh, have to plow a wide path through deep snow where narrower tires have an easier time. Um, so if you're likely to drive through deeper snow uh, this year, you'll want winter snow tires. Uh, in wheels and sizes that uh, help put the laws of physics on your side. Um, they sort of uh, have a, additionally, um, when choosing a base model sizing or minus sizing, uh, not only would deep snow traction be enhanced, but the cost of the base wheels uh, um, for minus size tire, snow tires is actually usually lower as well, and that's something that you mentioned. So if you like the look of the 19s, I'd, I'd get the 19s, but I'd also get snow tires. Now, the nice thing about Boston is we get a good amount of snow, but it's nothing like even just uh, a couple hundred miles more north where you pretty much should have snow tires for, for extra safety. Um, so anyway, that's my advice. I uh, love your show and uh, look forward to hearing the next uh, podcast. Thanks, Joel. I'm glad to hear that Tire Rack confirmed everything I talked about last week. I do like the advice that you gave about having a set of 18s, 18-inch uh, tires and wheels specifically for the snow if you decide to get the 19-inch sport wheels for your Model 3 and you happen to live in a winter climate region. I mean, granted, it's not cheap to do that, but that does get you the best of both worlds. Plus, if you were only running those 18-inch aero wheels with snow tires on them for three, maybe four months out of the year, one set of those winter tires would probably last you many years. But don't take it from me. Take it from someone who's driven many, many years in a winter climate. Pete from Carmel, Indiana. You're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Pete from Carmel, Indiana. I was listening to your podcast, and I heard a... Uh hotline caller talking about winter driving in Boston. Um, I'm sure that's a nightmare. In Indiana, we get a fair bit of snow. And uh, over the years, I've owned four-wheel drives and rear-wheel drives. I think the key really is having snow tires. And this is underappreciated by many people. But that's by far the most important factor. I think if you want to be safe, you put uh, 18s with snow tires and then maybe in the summer, you swap them out if you have the extra funds to get the vanity wheels. But that by far is the best solution in my experience. And I've driven uh, many cars that way. In fact, I had a BMW um, 7 Series, uh, an old used one. And uh, before I had the snow tires, I was all over the road. Once I put snow tires on that thing, it was uh, very easy to drive and very maneuverable. So. Anyway, hope that's helpful. Um, again, appreciate the podcast. I enjoy listening to it. Thanks, and have a good week. Thank you, Joel and Pete, for your calls on that topic. You guys are definitely more qualified to speak on that topic than I am. 
One other call in the Ride the Lighting hotline this week. It comes to us from Matt in Fremantle, Australia. He's got an idea for another use for the Tesla semi-truck, uh, which involves autonomy. Matt, you are on the air. Good morning, Ryan. I hope you're having a good day today. I was thinking about other uses for the semi-truck, and I came across what seemed like a no-brainer. Electric buses. I'm sure it wouldn't be that difficult to adapt the technology for public transport purposes, and in true Tesla style, each passenger could have a touchscreen showing a map of where they are and where they need to get off. And then later on, once it's proven, I love the idea of autonomous buses that just run day and night really consistently. You could also modify those coaches used for long distance journeys to use a me mega charger to get across large ma masses like the States or Europe or Australia or have autonomous taxis that are always waiting at popular event locations and airports. What do you think of these ideas? Thanks, Matt from Fremantle, Western Australia. Thank you, Matt. Now, thankfully, there are cities around the world, and San Francisco, where I live, happens to be one of them, that already use electric buses that use hooks that are uh, off the roofs of the buses that catch onto power lines that run uh, above the streets overhead. It's not the most elegant solution, obviously, but at least it's something that's already in place. I agree that Tesla could definitely, definitely come up with a more elegant solution, and repurposing the semi-technology, I think, could, could indeed be a great way to jumpstart it. In fact, I would think that a Tesla bus wouldn't need as large of a battery pack as the semi does, because it wouldn't be hauling around quite such a heavy payload, nor would it need as great of a range necessarily because it would all be intra-city travel. And obviously, uh, as well, electric vehicles are more efficient in stop-and-go city driving uh, and less efficient on the highways, whereas uh, ICE vehicles, so, uh, uh, you know, a gas-powered bus, is the opposite. You know, it's less efficient in stop-and-go city traffic than it is out on the highway. Uh, you know, I think a 300 or maybe 400 mile range could probably last the entire day in, in just about any major metropolitan city with plenty of, of juice to spare. And then certainly they could be charged overnight. They wouldn't even need to be uh, mega charged necessarily. So yeah, I, I could see Tesla trying that at some point. I mean, you'll recall in the secret master plan part de. Elon outlined a plan for a, a minibus that was going to be based on the Model X chassis. Now, he soon abandoned that, but a full-size bus using semi-tech would, would probably be a better solution to society. But my guess, and this is certainly just my guess, is that Elon may have thought that buses uh, can, uh, you know, that they're just not as big of an issue that needs tackling because buses are already an inherently more efficient form of transportation than the 50 plus individual cars on the road that a bus that people on a bus are thus not using those cars so the thing that i always like to go back to with these kinds of things is always remember to go back to the mission statement of tesla elon's decisions are largely driven by that we've seen that from him over the years but to sum up, though, I, I do very much like your line of thinking on this, and I could definitely see a Tesla bus happening sometime in the next decade. Great stuff, Matt, as well as Pete from Carmel, 
and Joel from Boston. Thank you guys so much for calling in. Again, I, I kindly invite you guys out there, everybody else, to do the same. Give me a call anytime. Again, you know, record something on your smartphone and just email it to me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a message on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline, which again is 1-888-989-8752. I do anticipate a fairly slow news week next week, uh, you know, during, between Christmas and New Year's. So would love some good calls in there to, to drum up some good chatter to, uh, to fill out a nice show. I do have one other segment planned, I'm, as I mentioned, the, my 2018 Tesla predictions. I've got some good stuff that I've been thinking about, and I, I hope you will enjoy or at least maybe get you thinking and wanting to call in and react to that as well. So I'm going to do that on next week's show. But for now, let me come right back after a short musical break share some final thoughts with you, do a few plugs, and then uh, hit the road for the holidays. Although, not literally. Like I said, I'm, I'm staying put. I'm, uh, I'm on a staycation right now. So be right back right after this. During that break uh, that I was setting up for this last segment, Daisy has somehow, she's not even fully grown. She's only 30-something pounds. She has a, a trip to the vet next week for a vaccine, so we'll get to weigh her in then and see how she's doing. But she has managed to stretch out. I wish you guys could see this. She's almost the entire length of the couch. Her, she's like frog-legged it behind her. Her front paws are out in front of her. She's, she has like elongated herself <laughs> as much as she possibly can. And this dog's already, she's almost as long as my entire couch. Uh, boy, she does look comfortable, I have to say. that Dogs are very, very good at, at looking comfortable at, like, at, at almost all times, aren't they? But <clears throat> as, uh, as 2017 winds down, you know, the, the next episode, uh, next week's episode 126, yeah, it's going to publish on New Year's Eve, but uh, most of you will probably actually hear it in 2018, whether it's January 1st, January 2nd, uh, etc. But so I, what I wanted to do was actually take a few minutes now on this show to to really just thank all of you. You know, I, I try to do this throughout the year and not wait till the end of the year to say thank you. But I really, truly cannot uh, communicate my gratitude to everybody that listens to this podcast enough because, you know, it's the 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 number of downloads i get it's it's not an ego thing it's not like it's again i i started this podcast as i've told you before because my i'm so enthusiastic uh borderline obsessed with tesla in a good way uh and and my wife got tired of hearing me talk about it all the time and i thought well i you know i've been podcasting for 10 years and i really enjoy it and it scratches it scratches my radio itch that I never, you know, I never went into radio uh, after college. Like I, I was sort of one fork in the road and I took a different fork, different path. And this podcast has, has grown, uh, you know, a, a good bit over, gosh, it's been two and a half years now since I started this thing. And, you know, the, the, uh, it, there's really been a, such a, a wonderful, lovely little mini Tesla community and of course, we're all part of the larger Tesla community to some degree or another. But just just this podcast alone, like, I mean, the fact that I have regular callers, 
whether it's Lawton in Chicago, Mike in Charlottesville, Michael in Millbrae, there's, there's, it, it's crazy to me that I have people that care enough to call in and, and participate and be a part of this podcast on a regular basis. It's just, it really is humbling to me. And I, uh, you know, the, the 2018 is really going to be, it's not the end of the Tesla journey for, for a lot of us. It's the beginning. You know, this part's been fun, the anticipatory part, but 2018 is going to be, <clears throat> pardon me, the year when when uh, so many of us become Tesla owners for the first time. You know, a lot of you already are, certainly with the S and the X, but, you know, there are a lot more of us out here who are going to be getting our Model 3s in 2018, and then it's, then the real fun starts. You know, then you're you you are living with the car you're invested in the car in both a financial and emotional sense and and hopefully you're going to continue to find the show as useful and entertaining and informative as you do as I hope you do now and yeah it's just this uh this the the positivity really the, the, that's the number one thing i think i come back to uh, above everything else with uh with this podcast is the positivity that I am so grateful to receive from those of you who call me, who email me, who tweet me, uh, or or just listen. You know, it's as I've said this before, but the video game space. There, there I have a lot of wonderful people that that uh, participate in in my IGN video game community as well. I, I don't want to make it seem like that's not the case, but you know, the video game community is uh, just it's not always quite so positive on a general level. And I am often subjected to strangely just passionately negative things directed my way. And knock on wood, (laughs) I have not, that is not part of this, this little ride the lightning Tesla community that, that sprung up. And it's just, yeah, the, the positivity really, it really energizes me. I, I have to tell you, it means a lot. And it just makes this Tesla journey, this the waiting and the following every bit of news every week and, the, and, and just doing this podcast and hearing from people, it just makes it so much fun. I've now, I, really 2017 was the first year where I actually got to meet a decent number of listeners. Not obviously, you know, a, a tiny percentage of you in the grand scheme of things, but like I've met a, a, a handful of folks now that actually listen to this podcast, and all of them, all of you, couldn't be sweeter or nicer or more equally enthusiastic about Tesla as I am. I mean, it's really just been phenomenal. This has been a great year for for me doing this podcast. Um, you know, those of you that have contributed on Patreon, supported me on there, I, I really, really thank you for that as well because that. You know, again, I've said this before too. I don't want to hammer the point home and and bore people with it, but the the podcast does take up enough of my time where really without that Patreon, I don't think I could justify keeping this going with the, you know, it there are everybody's got a limited amount of time, right? And so I just, you know, the the Patreon support means so much, the the calls, the emails, the tweets. I really just want to thank everybody so so much for a wonderful 2017 for me with regard to Ride the Lightning. I mean, those of you, uh, if you've been listening all year, uh, Daisy, she wants to get out because family members are outside. Daisy, come on over here. I'm trying. I'm in the middle of a. I'm in the middle of thanking everyone. Come here. Come on. Come up in my lap for a minute. Here, come on up. Okay. 
There we go. All right. She's, you want to sniff the mic? Okay. Um, this is the part where not being on video is really <laughs> unfortunate because you can see how much bigger she's getting. But that's actually what I wanted to mention next is, you know, if you have been listening all year or the bulk of it, you know that uh, this was not the easiest year for me because of, you know, the loss of, of my beloved Maggie, who, I mean, you know, some of you, if you're a dog person, you probably get it. And I'm not saying you don't if you're not a dog person, but, you know, I, I, I don't want to bore you with the with, uh, details of my personal life that you probably don't care about. But, you know, Maggie, if I never said this before, maybe I did on uh, it, oh, that whole period when she passed is like, you know, it's sort of an emotional blur in a sense. Uh, but, you know, Maggie was was my rock when, uh, you know, I got her. Uh, and about a year, it was about a year, let's see, a little over a year after I got Maggie, uh, I went through a, a tough divorce. I got married young and, uh, well, the, the short version is my wife, now ex-wife, she, she told me that, uh, she was cheating on me and she just left. And so, and I'm not looking for, you know, I, I've, I'm, believe it or not, I'm actually, in a weird way, grateful that that happened because it, it's made me, I think a better person and a better spouse now. But, uh, what happened during that period was I was left, I was alone. And, uh, and so it it was just me and Maggie in, in this house that uh, we were renting, uh, over near the San Francisco Bay is great, great house, huge yard that Maggie could run around in and which is rare here in the Bay, Bay area. And, uh, and so that dog, Maggie was basically the reason, I, I also saw a, a therapist as well, which was helpful, but Maggie was really the, the thing that, that kept my head above water because my family, my parents, my sister, they're in Arizona, uh, extended family is New Jersey and a few other places, but I had no one here in, in the Bay Area, you know, where I had to live my life day to day, go to work. And so... I would come home to Maggie. And so that's, that's, you know, everybody has a special connection to their dog. I'm not saying that my connection to Maggie, my bond with her was, was any more or less special than, than you with your dog. But the point of this is to say that Maggie's passing was extremely difficult for me. Uh, it, and I knew, I always knew it would be, you know, it's, but you, you know, that whenever that day comes, it, how, how, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but you know, it's uh, there were a couple of other things that that came that sort of hit me at the same time that happened to me in my life at the same time that um, basically just caused a lot of anxiety, which caused a lot, which I developed insomnia for the first time in my life, and which which it's just you know it's just sort of all you know you you, you lose a foundational element like that, and it and it's uh, it's re- it just it was a really hard year, is what I'm trying to say, but spending way too many <laughs> words doing it. By the way, if you want to flip this podcast, turn it off now. If you haven't already, feel free. The, t- the podcast stuff is over. I'm just going to do some plugs and mention some, you know, mention the kind Patreon producers here in a minute. But I just wanted to say again, it's to, to sort of wrap up. The 2017 was in many ways a great year for all the reasons that I mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, the, 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 Ride the Lightning community, all of you that have that have uh, you know reached out to me in one way or another uh, to talk Tesla this year, like it's been awesome in that regard. But uh, it's been it's been a hard it's been the toughest year for me 
probably of my entire life, honestly. I mean, the yeah, the divorce thing 10 years ago was, gosh, a, yeah, about that, was, was tough too, but but yeah, losing Maggie, this 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 companion who was who was who who kept my head above water, really, uh, on an emotional level, when I would come home, having you know you when something like that happens to you, uh, I hope you haven't been through it, but you know you can't you can't escape it. It's always in your thoughts. It's always there, and only time, and and hopefully the love and support of, of friends and family can can help you with that and. Uh, and I had Maggie for that. She was the only thing that I could come home to every day. And so that that's where Maggie and I's bond really came from. It was, I mean, it, we had a bond before that, but that's really, it was forged in fire at that point. And so losing her was hard. And and, be, and then, you know, being without a dog was was weird and hard too, but even though I, I wasn't ready for a new one. and And so now with Daisy here, and she's just been great. I mean, boy, this... She's getting better every day. Like the training's going great, and we're bonding, and it's just been awesome. So um, I'm just rambling at this point, but uh, it, it's my probably overly personal way of of just saying thank you to all of you uh, for your for your support this year. However, you gave it, whether you know whether it was on Patreon or whether it was you know just listening or whether it was a tweet or an email or a ride the lightning hotline call or ten ride the lightning hotline calls. For some of you, so thank you all so so much. This has just been uh, a, a great year for the podcast for sure. That I'm I'm very proud of it. I thought you know I thought the the show that I did uh, after the Model Three launch event, I was really proud of that. I thought that was there was a lot to that. There was a lot of cool stuff that I was able to you know those firsthand impressions I was able to bring, and I thought it was I, I got to finally start doing some interviews on the podcast this year because I found a a, a, an acceptable technological way to do it that that would sound good. So I want to do a lot more of that in 2018. Get get some more interviews on here. Uh, talk to some more people in the community and and in hopefully at Tesla too. Hey Elon, come on, come on the podcast anytime. We'll have a good conversation. I promise you that. But uh, yeah, so it's it 2018 is going to be such a fun year. I mean that's the you know. I've been waiting nine years for 2018, it turns out. I didn't know how long it would be when I started that wait, when I first fell in love with Tesla and knew that the Model 3 was going to be my next car, even before I knew it was called Model 3, before anybody knew it was called Model 3. Before, well, it, it was called Model E for a little while, unofficially, never never officially. But, um, but yeah, 2018 is going to be great. I look forward to, you know, again, to, to entering the next phase of my Tesla fandom in, in actually becoming an owner and uh, being able to to add that to my perspective that I can bring to this podcast each and every week. So uh, hopefully the podcast is going to get better in 2018. If you like it now, uh, I guess if you're still listening at this point, you must like it. So my goal, hopefully it is going to be better in 2018 for all those reasons I just talked about. And uh, just thank you all so, so much. I, uh, I do want to mention the Patreon producers. These are the, the the growing the list of such wonderful folks who who not only support me on Patreon but do so at the twenty dollar level or higher. So you know they get the uh, they get their name mentioned every week, uh, which I hope they love hearing their name. They get the bonus extra monthly episode that's just all the extra ride the lightning hotline calls that I don't have time to get to here on the regular show. In fact, 
Uh, by the way, the January edition of that should be hitting like January 1st, or I may even put it up like next, you know, maybe I might even put up on the 30th or 31st or so. I want to do it while I'm kind of uh, off on holiday here and take care of it. So look for that if you're a $10 level or higher Patreon supporter. But uh, I want to thank those, again, those $20 level and higher folks. They are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Aaron Greenberg, and I don't know if I mentioned him last week or if he was new this week, but our newest Patreon producer, Peter Soleil. And Peter, I really hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I think I've, S-A-L-L-A-Y, I think, I, I think I'm going with Soleil. Please do correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure to get that correct for you. But uh, thank you all so, so much. And uh, of course, I want to mention my friends at Immaculate Reflections. By the way, how great a name is that? That is a... As a words guy, a wordsmith, you know, professional writer slash editor myself, Immaculate Reflections, A-plus name for a, for a car detailing business. So if you are taking delivery of your Model 3 either very soon or just you're planning for it in 2018 and you are thinking about uh, protecting the exterior of that car, be it through paint correction, uh, ceramic coating, paint protection film, or any or all of the above, please check out irdetailing.com. The Immaculate Reflections folks are located uh, a short ways from the Tesla factory. So Northern California folks, or if you're picking up at the Tesla factory, please do keep them in mind. They have over 16 years of experience. They are the Bay Area's premier detailing solution. If you're buying a Model S or Model X, we've got my cousin Pat from Arizona, his referral code to get you uh, unlimited lifetime supercharging for free. So just type in ts.la slash Patrick5008 into your web browser, and that will take you to the design studio with that discount code locked in. Or you can just give that code to a sales advisor if you happen to be uh, in a Tesla store speaking to a sales advisor as you're ordering your Model S or Model X. Uh, What else? Uh, oh, Abstract Ocean. Yes, the puddle lights have apparently, I'm told they're extraordinarily popular. So I think they're still in stock, but uh, keep an eye out there. So those, those uh, the Tesla T logo or the Model S, the S logo, the X logo, the th- or the 3 logo, whatever you want to get to shine down onto the ground from your uh, passenger and driver side door, uh, abstractocean.com has that and a bunch of other Tesla accessories. A lot of them are lighting-based uh, accessories, improved lighting kits for the interior, that kind of thing. So check out what they've got at abstractocean.com. And if you uh, have never been there before, you can get 20% off of your first order by using the coupon code RTL Podcast at checkout. That's RTL Podcast, all one word there. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, Feel free to do so on your favorite podcast service, be it iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, which of course TuneIn is in the Tesla. You can get this podcast in your Tesla as well. 
You can also pick up individual MP3 listens or downloads or grab the RSS feed at the hosting site for the podcast, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N. And uh, I've already given the email address out a couple times. I mentioned as well, you can follow me on Twitter if you're curious. It's a a lot of video game stuff because that's the day job, but there's Tesla stuff mixed in there as well. And during baseball season, I tend to tweet a lot about baseball, but uh, it is not it is no longer baseball season. So <laughs> smaller ratio of baseball tweets, but you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I think that wraps it up. Yes, that is everything on the list. So again, thank you all so, so much for a wonderful podcast uh, in 2017. It was wonderful for me. Hopefully you all enjoyed it as well. So happy new year to all of you. Uh, although, like I said, I will be back for the December 31st episode. So again, uh, the the show must go on and indeed it shall. Every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern time is when you can get a new episode, unless you are a uh, supporter of mine on Patreon, in which case you can get it uh, a little bit early. Usually it's about a day and a half early or so, because usually I record it on late Friday night and post it to Patreon immediately there. So that's uh, that's an option for you as well if you're on Patreon with me. So again, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy electric motoring to us all in 2018. And I will see you back here next week.